Hey church, we just heard an incredible message that we believe is for you. So get ready to be encouraged, to be strengthened. This will change your life. We love you so much. You ready for an awesome afternoon together? Well, I am so excited. And the title of my message is, drum roll, hear it in your head. Let's, yes, drum roll in your hands. Do it. Let's get ready to rumble. Because here's the deal. We are all in some type of battle, some type of fight. As pretty as you all are, I'm not dumb enough to think that you're not going through anything. I don't let the pretty faces and the beautiful smiles fool me. I know that each and every one of us has some type of battle, some type of report, some type of thing that we're believing God for. But I want you to know you came to the right place because we have prayed all week long for each and every one of you. And the spirit of the living God is here to meet you exactly where you're at. We are going to camp out today in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 because there was a king, Jehoshaphat, who can relate to battles, who can relate to all hell breaking loose, who can relate to feeling like, is my, am I even going to make it? Do you ever get to that place where you think, I don't even know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if my business is going to get off the ground. I don't know if this marriage is going to make it. Single people, I don't know if I can keep waiting for my spouse. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this new school year with my course load. You just, we all go through those seasons in those moments where we feel like everything is coming against us. And that's what King Jehoshaphat was facing. He, his dad was also a king. And so he was second generation royalty, one of the wealthiest, most renowned kings in history. But even with him being renowned, even with all the Instagram followers, battles and wars still come. They don't discriminate. You can be any color, any background, any philosophy, and battles just come our way. But the great news about the word of God is it prepares us on how to fight battles. Let's get ready to rumble. Verse 1. This is Jehoshaphat. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Mennonites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Two. Some people came and told him, a vast army is coming against you from Edom. Do you ever feel like a vast army is coming against you? Where basically battles, distractions, frustration, pain, disappointment, just coming everywhere you turn? Do you ever feel like you're going through war or that you have a family member who is going through war just where the pressure is so on that you find yourself sitting next to them and not even knowing what to say? I know if you're anything like me, there are real battles, real wars, real armies that come against you. And Jehoshaphat, same as us. They were coming against him from all sides. Verse 3, he was alarmed, rightly so. They were coming to take his life. And listen to this. He resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all. That word resolved jumped out of the pages. God is looking for us to have some resolve, to trust in him, to look to him for grace, for mercy, for peace, and for strength. And resolve basically means I'm not going to quit. I can hear the battle. I can hear the chariots coming. I can hear the attacks. I hear them. I'm not, you know, deaf where I can't hear them. But 
I'm going to resolve to trust in the Lord. I'm going to declare a fast, just like Queen Esther did. Her people were on the verge of all being taken out. And she said, I'm declaring a fast right now. So that's what he did. He had some resolve. And God wants us to leave here today with resolve. And you can still have resolve and be afraid. He was alarmed, but he still had resolve. Verse 5. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah, just like I'm standing up here before you today, in the temple of the Lord in the new courtyard. And he said, and this is what I think is so beautiful, is it's so important to remind yourself who God is. And that's what he's doing in this moment. He's scared, but he's looking to God. And he's reminding himself who God is, which he's in control. He is for you, not against you. He's fighting battles on your behalf. He loves you. You're his son. You're his daughter. You're chosen. And that's basically what he's doing, even in the middle of the battle, in front of everyone. Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. I love this. Power and might are in your hands, and no one can withstand you. Sometimes we got to give, not sometimes, all the time. Whatever we're facing, we got to give it back to God. It belongs in his hands. I think that sometimes when we're facing something, we feel like, well, I'm the strong one in my family. I have to shoulder this for everyone. I have to answer all the questions. I have to take responsibility. I have to be the parent to my siblings, to my loved ones. But you're putting unnecessary weight and pressure that your heavenly father is not even asking of you. He's reminding you this morning, I'm talking to real people who are in the middle of real stuff. And he said, power and might are in your hands. It belongs to him. I think about our three-year-old little girl, Elle. And when she's a toy or a piece of candy, she has learned to get a stool, go to our pantry and find the candy that I hide. It is just, she's got skills. But if you try to take that candy out of her hands, she will hold a death grip. And I feel like some of us, with our pain, with the battles that we're facing and fighting, we're just like my little three-year-old holding on saying, God, I'm not going to let go because I can't trust you with it. But I want you to know that he proved himself trustworthy because he hung on a cross and died for you and was beaten for you to handle your pain so he can handle the mess because he dealt with mess. He can handle it. So give it to him. That's what Jehoshaphat said. He said, power and might are in your hands, and no one can withstand you. No medical report, no bad um, thing that you read about your business, no one can withstand you. That's what he's saying to God. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care if the armies are coming to take your life, and that's what he was facing. He knew that no one could withstand God, and that's for us today. It's so important when you're in the middle of a battle to know who you are, in Christ, and to know who he is. And I'm here to tell you today that when we sang the song, I'm a child of God, who the sun sets free, is free indeed. That was intentional. We don't just pick songs here because they like, we like the beat. We pick songs here that we want you to sing over yourself when you're not here, because you're just here for an hour, but real life is waiting for you. And I don't want you to approach your battles, approach your pain with an orphan spirit. I got to handle this by myself. I don't have a father. You have a heavenly father. And he said, who the son sets free is free indeed. And he, and he says that in my father's house, 
There's a place for me. He has a place for you at his table. And he wants you to know that you are his son, that you're his daughter, that he is pleased with. I love this. It's just so real. The Bible is so real. Jehoshaphat stood up in the middle of everybody and declared God's goodness. But he also declared that he didn't have to do everything on his own. He stood up. And I think about a time when I was in elementary school, which was a long time ago, and I stood up to a bully. Her name was Jean. She had a bowl haircut. She was crazy. You know those bowl haircuts, which sometimes are interesting on women. But hey, whatever works, you rock that bowl. You rock it. You have the face for it. <laughs> you, don't you hate it when some, a disaster happens with your hair or girls or a guy and someone's like, you, you have the face for that. They're just being nice. But um, her name was Jean, and she would take all of our lunches. She would bully us all around and push us around. So one day I was just done. So I said, I'm going to stand up to her. And so do not take this advice. But I walked up to her, and I hit her. And guess, and I felt pretty good about myself, like, yeah, I'm standing up. I'm taking one for the team. But then she clocked me back so hard, I literally saw stars, for real. But getting back to Jehoshaphat, in the middle of the temple, men, women, children, all ages there, hearing the impending doom, basically, we're about to die, we're about to be attacked. But not only did Jehoshaphat stand up, but somebody else stood up, a Levite in the middle of the crowd. And I'm here today, and even though I've said, I've said this before and I'll say it again, that just because you see Earl and I smiling and high fives and hugs, and we genuinely love people, we love getting to be a part of a life-giving church, but it's hard. It's not easy. It might look easy because we're joyful, but the only reason why we have joy, the only reason why we have grace and we have strength is because we keep our eyes focused on him, because the bullets come our way. They really do. Attacks come our way. We fight battles daily. It is not glamorous. Do not sign up for ministry if you want an easy life. It is risky. It is discouraging at times. It's lonely at times. But I wouldn't trade it for the world because if, if we wouldn't have moved here from Austin six years ago, I wouldn't know any of you. And so I will take the hits because I put them right back on my Savior who took every hit for me. And so I just want you to know that sometimes you think, oh, you have the microphone. You only see goodness and grace all the time. Heck no. It is real, real, real. But I'm still standing up just like that Levi did. And even with darts coming my way, I'm standing up and saying, he is good. He is faithful. He is kind. He is true. He forgives. He sets free. I remember when I was 18 years old, partying like a crazy person. Didn't know my value didn't know my worth, didn't know that there was a God who was championing for me. I am so grateful that he rescued me. I'm so thankful that he taught me who I was in Christ. I'm so grateful that I stopped settling. If I would have settled, who knows where I would be, and I wouldn't be married to this caramel latte over here. <laughs> but can I just say that we all fight battles, but it's just our battle stance. How are you going to stand when the darts come? This Levi, this Levite stood up in the crowd, and he had a word for everyone. And I'm going to be him today and have a word for each and every one of you. Go with me to verse 12. For we have no, oh wait, sorry, I just got all turned around. Here we go, verse 15. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. That's what he said. For the battle is not yours. This is him. 
The Spirit of the Lord in verse 14, I'm going to skip back to 14, came upon him. And the Spirit of the Lord is here today to remind you, this is a word for you. This is a word for your family. You're wondering how you're going to approach your job hunt tomorrow? This is for you. You're wondering how you're going to go home to that spouse who you're not sure if you should still be married to them? This is for you. You're wondering if your business is going to take off? This is for you. You're wondering if God has is good? You're wondering if he's still a healer? This is for you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours. It is God's. The battle is not yours, church. It is God's. Your finances are not yours. They are God's. The heaviness, the weight, the frustration that you feel, it is not yours. It is God's. He wants to take it for you. Such good news. Verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. You're not alone. You don't have to do this yourself. Take up your positions. Take up your positions. This is your instructions. You want to know, okay, I feel like I'm drowning. How am I going to get through this marriage? How am I going to get through this financial crisis? How am I going to get through this storm? How, I'm going to, how am I going to approach this school year? Take up your position. Stand firm. Don't be flaky. Don't be inconsistent. Be faithful and show up. So many of our serve team here from the parking lot to the, give it up for the parking lot team faithful all weather they are faithful they're like um navy seals just it rains they show up it's 110 they show up i think about our littles our bigs our hosts hospitality tech team worship team i mean i logistics you name it there's an army of people here every sunday to help set the table and just because they're smiling um waving the signs that say you are loved valued and believed in don't think they didn't just fight a battle before they got here they just decided to show up. And so I just encourage you, just like it says here, stand. Stand firm. Even in the middle. I think sometimes when we're in the middle, just like the Levite, you don't want to speak up. I think that we're in such an entrepreneurial age where we always want to be about the startup at the beginning. Because it's like, look at my dream. Look at my vision. And we're, we just want to jump on and be on board and help pioneer and help fan the flame. Or when something is super successful at the end, it's really easy to say, sign me up, I'm in. But where were you in the middle? Where were you when I did, we didn't know if the business was going to make it? Where were you when I was all by myself wondering, God, did you call me? God is looking for a generation of believers who will stick it out in the middle. In the middle of the marriage being bad. God, my eyes are fixed on you. In the middle of doubt, fear, frustration, heaviness, my eyes are on you. God wants us to stand up just like the Levite did and declare the goodness and mercy and grace of God. He wants us to lock eyes with him. Our eyes are fixed on you, God, even in the middle. Verse 12, I'm going to skip back to that. And it says, we have no power to face this enemy. Because our eyes are on you. Our eyes locked on him. I remember when we had Parker, our 13-year-old, we had a C-section. I say we, but it was me. But Earl was right there with me. And I could feel th them t pulling him out, which is so crazy, I know. But there was a drape covering. But I was nervous. 
But I told him, I said, just look me in the eye and don't take your eyes off of me. Just talk to me. Tell me all the places we'll see together one day. Tell me the pretty jewelry you'll buy me one day. I kept my eyes locked on him. And I feel like when we go through storms and we go through battles and real life hits, we lock our eyes on the wrong thing. We lock our eyes on Instagram. We lock our eyes for six hours on Netflix. I know I'm talking to you, watching series after series after series. And there's nothing wrong with Netflix. I love it too. But where are you locking your eyes on when you're in the battle? And God said, keep your eyes on me. Because when you keep your eyes on him, you have the power and the grace to keep going. Everything else fades, but his love for you does not fade. His mercy does not fade. His grace does not fade. If you keep your eyes on him, will it take the storm away? Probably not, but it'll help you keep standing. It'll help you keep your position. It'll help you say, God, I decrease so that you increase. I'm looking at my marriage through your eyes. I'm looking at my business through your eyes. I'm looking at my future and my dreams and my schooling through your eyes. Our eyes are fixed on you. The Levite, he stood up. He brought peace. He brought grace and comfort and helped Jehoshaphat know that you're not alone. And left us with those words, stand firm. Can we be a church that stands firm? Can we not give up easily? Let's learn to fight. And that fight comes trusting in God. I love this scripture here in verse chapter 18. And there's a, or sorry, I'm going to read this verse here, verse 18. This is Jehoshaphat's posture. When everything was coming against him, I don't know if he could hear the chariots in the background. I don't know if when he was in the temple crying out before God, if the stirring started to happen. But this is what his posture was when attacks were coming every which way. He bowed down face to the ground, and all of the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. He had to put his pride aside. He had to put, well, what will they think of me if I get down on my knees? Will I look weak as a leader? He knew that God's presence was going to be the only thing that got them through. He knew that he needed the grace and the power and the strength that only the Almighty God can bring. And so he humbled himself and he looked to heaven and he said, God, we don't know what to do. Our eyes are fixed on you. Two chapters ago in chapter 18, read it later today, he was also under attack. And God gives us battle strategy from previous attacks. And that's what he did for Jehoshaphat. He went through a previous battle back in chapter 18. I believe we have the verse. His life was also at stake. And in the middle of being under attack, he cried out to God and said, God, rescue me. And God rescued him and turned his enemy on him. I just dare you, as you walk through a storm, cry out to God and say, God, would you rescue me? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm in over my head. Just watch him bring you peace. I love this. God's word is so good. We don't have to keep reinventing it. Let's just follow what it says, and we will notice that we have the grace to get through all the battles that come our way. He bowed down in front of everyone. Verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. God is holy. He is worthy 
of our praise. And there's something about when you praise him, when you worship him, when you lift your hands to heaven, his presence just fills wherever you are. So just like Jehoshaphat, he was on the verge of possibly dying, but he said, God, you're worthy. I praise you. That's what we do. When you're fighting a battle with your spouse and you, don't, you feel like if I say one more thing, it's about to cut them deep. Walk out the room. God, you're worthy. I praise you. You are holy. Help me to see my spouse how you see them. You feel like quitting your job, but you don't have another job to fall back on before you do that. God, you're holy. I worship you. Give me direction. You feel like you bit off too much in school with your course load. God, you're worthy. Would you give me wisdom? Would you give me direction? That's what he did. And then he, after consulting the people, he appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Death right behind them. Attack on the front, attack to the right, attack to the left, attack behind them. How many people dealing with that today can relate to Jehoshaphat? It was swarming him. But he knew that in order to get through this battle, in order to get a breakthrough, I have to give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. In a hospital wrong with your family members, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Are you denying the real facts? No. But you're saying, God, I trust you even when I don't understand. God, I trust you when it looks like I'm losing. God, I trust you when I'm gripped with fear. God, I trust you when I literally don't know what to do. I raise my hands and surrender, and I worship the only one who is the rightful king of my life. And I say, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. I do it in my parenting with my kids. When I feel like I said something too quickly or too sharp, when I feel like I don't know how I'm managing the teenage years with my son, give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. His love endures forever. Is God trust Earl and I and our team here with this amazing church with each of you? And we get overwhelmed at times and we think, what the heck are we doing? Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. When I look at finances and college loans that you all look at too, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. He knows every desire of your heart. He wants you to trust him and give him thanks even when you feel under attack. As they worshiped, instead of grabbing their weapons, they worshiped. That was their battle strategy. That is your battle strategy for what you're facing right now, today, is worship. And guess what happened by them worshiping? An ambush was set. God had angel armies waiting. They were hidden, but they were waiting for them to start worshiping. And as they worshiped, Every enemy that was coming against Jehoshaphat, guess what? They turned on each other. So you're some, someone to my right dealing with cancer, someone to my left dealing with bankruptcy, someone in the balcony dealing with infidelity and divorce. Guess what? As we worship, all those things turn on each other, and we are going to see victory in the name of Jesus. As I was praying for today and praying for each of you, I got a word, and God said, tell the church Every assignment that has been assigned against their lives, today, I'm canceling it. Every oppressive assignment that's been over your life today, it must flee in the name of Jesus. The heaviness, the weight, the fear, the darkness must be canceled in the name of Jesus.
Jesus, the feeling weak and feeling inadequate and don't know if you can get out of bed, canceled in the name of Jesus. Will my marriage make it? Yes, it will in the name of Jesus. Will I get through this depression? Yes, you will. Will I pass my classes? Yes, you will. Today, the assignments that were meant for bad are turning on each other, fighting each other as you worship, as you praise, as you surrender, as you kneel. In 2 Kings, before I go there, verse 30, and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat, after they worship, was at peace, for God had given them rest on every side. I'm prophesying and declaring rest on every battle that you're facing. I'm prophesying and declaring that you're gonna surrender and you're gonna lift your arms up to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and say, I can't do it anymore. I keep my eyes face to you. I look to you for peace. I look to you for grace. I look to you for comfort. There was a story in 2 Kings, Elijah, same thing as Jehoshaphat. All hell was breaking loose. They're about to kill him. His servant is with him. Impending death is right at his door. Divorce could be right at your door. Giving up the first week of school could be right at your door. Shutting down your business could be right at your door. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, this is what the servant said to Elijah as the troops were coming to take him out. What will we do now, the young man cried. Verse 16, they felt surrounded. They felt helpless. They felt hopeless. They felt like impending doom is right at my door. And I know some of us are there today. This is what Elijah said, and this is what God is saying to you today. For there are more on our side than are on theirs. There are more that are for you, that are against you. God's grace is more than enough. Then Elijah prayed, and this is our prayer for you, because some of us have been fighting our battles blind. And God's going to take those scales off. Then Elijah prayed, oh Lord, would you open our eyes and let him see. Then the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire. I just want you to know that it might look like you're surrounded. It might look that it's over, but it is not over because there is an army of heavenly hosts who are waiting for you to worship, who are waiting for you to surrender, who are waiting for you to say, God, I trust you. God, you're worthy. God, you're glorious. And as you worship your hands, you're saying, God, would you fight my battle? podcast church if you gave your life to jesus today we'd love to know you meet you and hear your story so be sure to email your information to info at shorelinecity.church so we can get you the tools you need to grow in christ and impact this world love you church